Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klozmer Podcast 48 for Wednesday, March 18th, 2009. The website is www.klezmerpodcast.com, and you can email me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. This is a special expanded episode of Klezmer Podcast covering the Julicious Festival 5.0, recently held in Long Beach, California, over the weekend of February 28th and March 1st. On this episode, I have for you interviews with some of the performers from the Julicious Festival, including Aharit Hayamim from Jerusalem, Judici from Berlin, Germany, and Inbar Bakal from California by way of Israel. And I also speak with the organizer of the festival, Rabbi Yonah Buchstein from Beach Hillel. But before I get to the interviews, I wanted to tell you that I've had an exciting week of klezmer music myself, uh, besides recent performances with my own band uh, around the Purim holiday. I got to see my friends the Klezmatics performing at UCLA. And on my visit to New York, I got to see my friends the Fabulous Spilkes with Susan and Watts and Elaine Hoffman Watts performing at the museum at Eldridge Street in Manhattan. And also I got to see Yova and the Contraband performing at Barbes in Brooklyn. But enough about me. I know you want to hear from the bands. So here we go with my first interview with Aharit Chayamim from Jerusalem. This is really a two-part interview. I first interviewed Yehuda out in the parking lot behind the venue. And after that, he invited me backstage to the green room where I interviewed more members of the band. Uh, It's a little bit chaotic there. There was another band uh, on stage doing a sound check during the interview, so you hear some of that music going on in the background. But the fun part was during the interview, they broke into their makeshift Havdalah. So at that point, you'll hear them starting to chant their Havdalah and singing the prayers and wishing everyone a good week. After the interview, we'll listen to one of their songs. Hi, this is Keith with Klezmer Podcast, and I'm visiting backstage at Julicious Festival 5.0. I'm visiting with Yehuda Luchter from the band Aharit Hayamin. Hi, welcome to Long Beach, California. Hey, hi. How are you doing? Doing great. Um, I was just listening to your sound check. Uh, love the sound of your group. Why don't you explain to me a little bit about the background of your band and, and the style of music you're doing. It sounds a little bit like uh, Israeli uh, Hebrew reggae. Uh, yeah. Um, first of all, we do a lot of a lot of kind of music. The band started off on the street of Jerusalem in the Midachov Ben Yehuda at Yerushalayim. And uh, just, you know, we started off uh, street concerts, just playing on the street, uh, putting a hat. Uh, our fathers did that also, the same thing, for living and for making everybody happy. And from there, we, we developed a style of uh, different style. E- each one in the band comes from a different place in the world. The drummer and the guitarist, they come from Reunion Island. It's next, next to Madagascar. So they bring, like, uh, African influences and stuff like that. The sax player comes from Marseille in France, so he brings that into the band, klezmer and funk, stuff like that. I come from Israel, so I bring more ethnic and stuff like that. And each one, so basically it's, it, it makes a unique sound, unique sound from all tribes all over. Well, and uh, 
I didn't catch the the fellow that's your lead singer. Where, where's he from? He's from Madagascar. Oh, he, okay. We're all lead singers. Each one has a, his own part in the song. Right. Not like a song that he leads, but a part in the song that he leads. But the the singer you just heard is from the Madagascar. Yeah, from a reunion. His name is Shmuel. Okay. So, yeah. And uh, I noticed that you have two saxophone players. Yeah. Where, where are they? Are they and one plays clarinet as well. Looked like. Right. Yeah. So so one saxophone player is here from the states. Mm-hmm. Another sax player is from Marseille, from France. He plays also clarinet, and he brings the klezmer and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow, you must have some rocking style klezmer when you play yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have it's a it's a unique sound. It's, I'm I'm so happy to be in this band. You know, it's a it's a thing. Uh, we feel, we feel it's from 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 God. You know that we're together. We just we met on the street, all of us, and just start playing and it developed into something cool. We're playing for seven years already. We have a big festival in Israel. We do once a year a festival in memory of my father. Like two thousand people show up. Um, also, like two couple days. Klezmer, funk, reggae, African, all over, Bob Dylan, you know, everybody shows up. <laughs> We're working on that. <laughs> That's terrific. Well, it's a, it's a great sound, and uh, I, I wish I could uh, hear the whole thing. So you have a, a CD uh, also? We have, yeah, we have a couple CDs. The first CD is more like uh, reggae and stuff like that. The second CD is uh, more ethnic and uh, Shabbos songs played on the street of Ben Yehuda in the Shuk. You know what's a Shuk? Mm. Yeah, Shuk of uh, Machane Yehuda. How do you say Shuk in English? Shuk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Shuk, same thing. Same in Arabic. Yeah. Marketplace. Market, right, marketplace. Yeah, yeah. So we recorded live over Flea there. Market. Flea Market. Right, right. We recorded over there on, on the street. We bought some condensers down and a computer with a battery and uh, we, something really cool came out and that's the second and we have a third album just coming out now with some English songs also hip-hop, reggae, klezmer So when you actually recorded it in the, in the streets? Yeah, we, we, the band is very good on live mm. so everybody's just like uh, we're recording out CDs and just like uh, uh, putting them out to the people not really to the stores just to the people, live shows so that people love it uh, yeah, on the street we recorded the album. It's really good. It's a good vibe in Israel. The streets are very, very good vibing. Mm. Yeah. So uh, you go from the streets to the festivals to uh, I don't know. You do concert halls too, or, or yeah, yeah. Uh, we do we do concert halls. I mean, in there's this, like a lot of dancing going on. Yeah, we we do a lot of weddings in Israel. Mm. Weddings is a, is a very good place to play because. Uh, people coming already um, uh, pumped up with energy. They want to come and dance. So that's like the highest, you know, to play for Hassan Kala, just got married, and, and that's a really good place to play. Also bread and butter, you know. But we play also concerts, and we play festivals, and we play all over the world. People invite us, uh, been to England, you know, second time in the States, going to Africa soon. It's happening, yeah. Wow, that's, yeah. that's great. Come with us. I, I would love it. It would be great. We'd like everybody to join us. Uh, after this festival, when are you going to broadcast this? When is this? Uh... Uh, hopefully uh, by the middle of next month. Uh, okay, next month. Okay, good. If we're still around. We're, every every time we play, we invite everybody just to join us to the next concert. Because sometimes we, we play on the street. Like the next night, we're going to be around and play this like a different city. So people show, go after us. Oh. Summertime in Israel, yeah, we have a following. We... we after the festival and stuff, yeah. Should have brought my trumpet, man. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. You play Klezmer? <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, where is it? 
It's not too far. Go bring it. We're starting in an hour. Seriously. Uh, uh, that, that's terrific. So, let's see. Uh, if people want to find out more about your band, uh, you have a website or a MySpace? MySpace, Facebook, yeah, Acharit. Acharit.net. Acharit is A H A R I T. A H A R I T.net. Acharit Amim. We call ourselves also Chai. Chai in Jerusalem, you can find us uh, through there. But yeah, Acharit.net is uh, our thing over there, and Acharit Amim is uh, Facebook, MySpace. Well, come in, we'll, we'll be friends. <laughs> Okay, very good. Well, thank you, uh, okay. Yehuda. Thanks for the Closer Podcast. Everybody check out Aharit Yahayamim on the web. And if you could see them live, uh, are you touring around the United States some more on this trip? Or what's your schedule? Yeah, we're, we're from here we're going to Seattle. And we're going to be traveling. I don't know exactly where we're playing, like a couple of places this week on the way to Seattle. Seattle's Thursday. And then we're coming back. We're going to play Berkeley Purim gig, Purim show at Berkeley, I think on the 9th, Tuesday night. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday night we're playing at Berkeley. Then uh, we're going to New York for a couple of days. We're going to play there on uh, 92Y. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with Y Love. And then we're going to Toronto, to Canada, and we're playing over there. We're playing Shabbos in Halifax afterwards. We have a small tour, yeah. Wow, exciting! That's yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of schlepping around North America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're, <laughs> we're going to schlep. You said it, <laughs> but we're good. We're friends. We all have families, by the way, in Israel. Like almost all of us are married with babies and kids in Israel. Uh, I hope uh, our wives they, they have a misirut nefesh. You know what's misirut nefesh? They're they're giving it. They're giving it for to let you we're, go. <laughs> we're on a mission. Yeah, we're yeah, on a mission from God. That's right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're on a mission from God. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Check us out. Check us out. Acharit.net or MySpace. Okay. Thank you very much, Yehuda. Yeah. And uh, have a great show tonight. And uh, enjoy your stay here in California in February, huh? <laughs> Thanks. I right, saw so this is Keith. I'm backstage at Julicious Festival with uh, more of the members of Aharit Haryamin. Decided to join us uh, for a few minutes. And welcome to Klesmer Podcast. Hi. Good evening. And uh, what, tell me your names again. I am uh, Samuel. Shaul. Samuel and Shaul. Very good. Uh, we talked to Yehuda a few minutes ago. Um, love your music. And, and Yehuda was telling me uh, you're from Madagascar. I'm from, I'm from Reunion Island. It's Reunion. near Madagascar in the Indian Ocean. Yeah. I grew up there. I was born in France, grew up in the island, and uh, made Aliyah and uh, living in Jerusalem for 10 years now. Wow, and uh, why don't you mention about uh, your musical contributions to the band, what you play, and, and uh, you write some songs? Okay, I play guitar and I sing. And I play also the tar. It's an um, Uzbekistan instrument. Uh, kind of Middle Eastern, you know. And uh, all kind of ethnic instruments, too. I, have, uh, I write songs. And, uh, yeah. Singer, we're basically three singers, so there's no singer leader, you know, in the band. Basically, three, three singers all the time together. But each, each of, uh, each of us, you know, bring his own songs, and uh, we play them together, make happy. We have several styles. Play jungle. I play maloya. It's the music from my island. It's kind of an Afrobeat, you know, very up. 
and uh, reggae for sure is the you know connection in between all of us. But we play like uh, we try to get to everybody, you know. So that's why we don't we have no denomination, you know, just just one uh, one style. We try to get you know the most uh, mixed, the most culture possible. And uh, what are you uh, doing in the band and and uh, the music that you're bringing to the group? Mostly having fun. And mostly, uh, mostly being fun. And that's what I love about this band, is we're having fun together. Where are you from? Um, my family's from Lithuania to South Africa. I grew up in America and uh, came to Israel about 10 years ago. And um, I play saxophone in the band and sing and a little percussion, like everybody. And uh, I think what I think I bring, what I bring to the band is my soul. I think everybody in this band brings their soul to the music. That's, something very, that's why I think we connect with people, because we're playing very live, live music. If it's playing on the streets in, in Jerusalem, we're playing on the stage, we're playing weddings, you know, it's very much people, it's a people's band, like very people's, people's music. And uh, to me, that's very special. It's yeah, sir, I, I'm, uh, it's so interesting. You said that you recorded the first CD uh, in the streets, actually. So uh, <laughs> that's an amazing. Uh, I can only imagine the, uh, the, the vibe that you get from that. Yeah. I think we're all people, and the music that we need is just people. Like the, music, the reason we're playing music is, for me, I know it's just I need I need to sing, I need to dance, I need something to take me higher. On the streets of Jerusalem, you know, it's, it's the streets of Jerusalem. It's, they speak for themselves, the streets of Jerusalem. But it's an amazing thing to play music there on the street for people. If it's if it's people living there, a tourist service coming by, there's something amazing to, to to bring that message. The, the sound of Jerusalem. It says that the it says that the Torah goes forth from Jerusalem. People think you read the Torah, but the real the Torah, the truth of the Torah, is a song. And Rabbi Nachman says if you could hear the the song of the Torah, you would dance and you wouldn't stop dancing your whole life. So to play music on the streets of Jerusalem is trying to bring the song of the Torah, out, which is something we don't we've never heard before. So. Uh, <laughs> And then now you bring the streets of Jerusalem to the rest of the world, too. Yeah. So. yeah, that's part of a mission. But, you know, people are very confused today about, you know, it is true that there's problems. We're living in a country, there's war. And we can't close our eyes on, you know. But uh, there's a big, big, big uh, war. It's even worse than the war. It's the war of the medias, you know. And they're talking bad and evil about Israel all, the, all day long, you know. In every, I, I come from, I was born in France, so you know when I go visit there, it's like, you know, on the news, you don't hear even one good word, you know. It's always right. this, 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 and that. Now listen, I don't want to get into that, right? We're not, we don't like politics and all these things, right? But uh, we play music, we love every person, every human being, right? And we try to share share the vibe of Jerusalem, you know, to all other countries. We've been uh, in France, we've been in Prague, in Ukraine, in England, in America, Canada, you know, and we try, people like the vibe. Uh, I like it. So what are the, uh, the subjects of the lyrics from your songs? In one, if I say in one word, it's about redemption, about about going, about setting ourselves free from where we're stuck as a people, as an individual, as a family, as a band, everything, and uh, and celebration. And this, you know, people forget where we're going, where we're heading as a humanity is is a, is a bright, shiny, musical, dancing place. And the more we can remember where we're going, gives us strength to walk there. I think and to dance there. So uh, that's one thing after the music. Music is a lot of celebration. You agree? Also. Yeah, for sure. First, uh, listen. 
fight against the plans of the new world order. <laughs> Give us this order, you know. But uh, with joy, this is our guns. Joy, you know, and dancing and connecting to people. This is the only truth, I think. It's in the air, you know. You can never lie. The sounds can lie, you know. So we try to connect. That's, that's the, main, the main message, to unify, unification. One family, one land, one world. So what, what reactions do you get when you when you play around the world, whether a Jewish audience or a non-Jewish audience? We play a lot for non-Jewish audience. Let's say, you know, just an anecdote, we were in London, right? And then we went down to the fly market, hmm. flea market, excuse me, um, and come down, right? So we start playing in the street there. We slept the uh, things, you know, start playing like weird music that people don't see every day, right? With weird instruments. All of us have long beards, you know. And, <laughs> and style is like you can't, you can't tell us, you know, gypsies, hippies, Jews, or whatever, you know. That like whatever, we're people. Anyway, the the first ten minutes, you know, people were like walking, walking by, right? Not even turning their head, right? But after ten minutes of the sound, you know, people start of, of going out of the shops. The people, you, you know, work there and they see what's going on, you know. So then uh, they start coming and listen. People, people love it. People love it. But we try to connect, you know, in French, in English, you know, in, in the language that people could, you know, understand. We don't sing only in Hebrew, so people could, you know, get the vibe. Right. Sure. So wherever you go, there's at least something they'll understand. We always, right? we always try, you know, also to. Music is like a hug, you know. So I think everybody likes it. Good.
נשים וילדים כן, מלא זקנים. Max Passion Band from the United Kingdom PlasmaPodcast.com Over and out. Alright, that was Acharit Hayamin with the song Arayot Yehuda from their CD Jerusalem. I like that song a lot. It's got a good groove and vibe and I like their use of the flute and their change of style with the Latin coming in toward the end there. Kind of a cool song, I think. All right, next up we have my interview with Judici from Berlin, Germany. I spoke with band members Maya and Valeri, as well as band manager Elena. I like the sound of this band a lot. They sing well-known Yiddish and Hebrew songs, but they sing it with electro club beats and also a horn section that plays in the 1940s swing style. So it's an interesting combination. And when I asked them about the origin of their band name Judici, they told me it stood for Jewish Odyssey, a combination of the two. So I thought that was interesting. So now let's listen to my interview with Judici. Hi, this is Keith with Klezmer Podcast. And as part of our special episode from the Julicious Festival, I'm visiting with the band Judice. We have Maya and Valeri. Uh, Maya, welcome to Klezmer Podcast. Yes, hi. I'm excited. And Valeri? Hi, how are you doing? Thanks so much for taking some time out of your travel schedule to make a special stop. I didn't get a chance to see you at the show, but you're making a special stop to visit with me uh, on your way down from Los Angeles to San Diego, so appreciate that very much. Um, tell me about your band and your music and um, how you got started with it. I, I listened to your uh, music on MySpace and I like it. My daughter likes it. Oh. Everybody likes it. So tell me how you came up with, with the idea for this music and, and how you started your band. Okay. So um, first of all, thanks for having us. Um, um, we started actually 
a year ago, so we are very fresh and new. Um, and how does it start? I mean, I was singing um, German songs before. Um, I released two albums, solo albums in Germany, with uh, in in German, and then. I want to do something different, um, something new, something special, and actually uh, something for the clubs, to go into the clubs and to have fun music where the people can dance. And um, then I was thinking of what can I do, and um, I was realized that when I'm singing in Hebrew or in Yiddish, then it um, comes straight out from my heart, and it's the language that I... I feel from the beginning of, I don't know, I sang the songs in the age of seven, so it was like, um, I want to do something new. And then I met Valerie at a club. Um, he's a big um, event um, festival organizer in Germany, in Berlin. And um, I saw him at the club, and um, I was asking him, let's do something together. And so we started doing some demos, and... Now we are here. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, our ambition is uh, bring um, old stuff from 30 and 50 uh, his music together with electro or dance club music. That's what we do. Yeah, because uh, the the songs are the older Yiddish songs mostly. The, the ones I th heard I think are all Yiddish, right? Um, they're Yiddish and then Hebrew, so, yeah. Right. And, but you have the electro uh, club beats going on, but also like a uh, 1940s-style horn brass section yeah. going on, yeah. which uh, I like. I play trumpet, so oh. um, uh, all that <laughs> sort of thing I, I like, as well as the, uh, as the you know, electro stuff. So did you think about the, the, the old style and then have Valeri add the, uh, the, the beats to it? Or how did that... It's an interesting mix. I haven't heard anybody yeah. else doing this. So that, that is the secret for us. So yeah. that's the mix. And the mix is um, what we are trying to do, to, to have the old style mixing with the new style. Yeah, and actually you have to ask Valeri about that because um, he's, the producer of the, um, he's the producer of the band. So... Um, yeah, maybe, um, yeah. So thanks that you like it. <laughs> so, so, so how did you come up with, with the beats? And did you um, have a previous background with, with the Yiddish music before? Or is this uh, a new music for you altogether? It's not directly. It's perhaps new music, but I grew up in Kazakhstan. And uh, there, uh, there is uh, many of Jewish people and uh, Russian influence, and Russian influence is half Jewish. Mm. And some songs I listen to that over, over from my own thing. I know that, I know that, but in Russian, and that's uh, the point where we uh, meet meet us and thinking about that, what we can do. And uh, my part of that, I know that, but not directly. Some, some, uh, this, some, the texture, mm. the texture uh, is in other language but the same music. Right. Yeah. Actually, we have this song called Papyrosen, and Papyrosen in Yiddish, yeah. uh, in, in, in Russian is um, cigarette, yeah, is a cigarette. So, yeah, the Yiddish um, language is a mixture of um, German, old German language and Russian and um, a bit Hebrew, but not that much Hebrew, but yeah, so we have the connection. Right, and 
um, how is the music received from your audiences when when you're uh, performing? You're going around the world, different, lots of different places. Um, how are the audiences for you? Yeah, it's very funny because um, in Germany it's it's different than here in the USA. So um, actually, um, here in the USA we had a great experience because um, they are so into the music and they don't really understand Yiddish in in German. In Germany they perhaps understand a word or two, but here they are so into the music and um, they told us they are so happy to, they'd never heard such a sound before and they can feel free and just dance and not to look about how they dance or how their moves are. And yeah, so just the, fun. yeah. That's, that's why we want to do, just have fun and enjoy us and our music. Yeah, don't think, don't, don't, think about that much um, is it religion is it a Jewish group is it they want to tell us something politically or something like that no it's nothing like that so it's only the music and only um, yeah the the, la the Jewish I don't know um, how you say uh, um, culture actually <laughs> we, we didn't start or, or the permission permission the vorhaben um, wasn't that what I told you before wasn't um Politically or, or religion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for us, we are young people, and um, it's I can I can play actually I can play in a klezmer band to express my Jewish feelings because um, I'm so happy to hear that in a club, and I'm um, I think it's um, it's important for for the youth to um, have another um, Zugang? another um, like connection, connection to mm -hmm. the music um, and they sang with sang with us um, songs like Adon Alam and Yankele in another version so hopefully they keep it in mind and they can relate to it and it, yeah. yeah so yeah <laughs> <laughs> very good um, so what's uh, next for your music? Will you write some new songs or uh, make some more of the, the, the old songs w with your new style? Actually, we're in between, and, and all the, the USA experience, we want to um, take it home, and let's see what's, um, what's coming next. So um, we did the traditional, like, we, it's not covered, but we... We mix the traditionals um, with the new style, and now we are writing songs in in Hebrew and Yiddish. Actually, um, Valera has his um, Russian um, language he want to put into the music. So um, we're in between, and let's see. Oh, Russian too. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, so... Um You've had some some previous uh, songwriting before, or you have a, a band of your own uh, before besides uh, the DJ yeah, the produce, DJ work. I produce uh, another bands in Germany, Data MC or uh, Jacuzzi. This is enough stuff. Electro, more electronical music, uh, mid dancehall or hip hop. And that's for me. I seen uh, I've seen the chance to bring my ideas. In, in other stuff of music, that's that's my my cross, my um, <laughs> that's 
mein Kreis, dass das sich weiter erweitert. Mein Circle oh, yeah. bringt more uh, weiter. Uh, Expand the circle <laughs> of music that he's dealing with. Uh, that's Alina over there helping us with the translation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, your background with with that type of music before and adding the the Jewish style of, of music is is that uh, something special for you, or is it just another style that uh, you're adding to what you've been doing from before? It's a, little, a little bit special for me, but. Um I was I was a small guy in Kazakhstan and listened to that music mm. without uh, know that it's Jewish or I don't know without this this. Right. So this you have some familiar with, familiarity yeah, yeah. with it already now, from before. I don't know. Ten years, twenty years later, I listen to that. Ah. I know this song actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So because the the public in the United States they don't really know too many. Of these songs, you know, they might know Hava Nagila. They, uh, they do. I was asking yeah. them, "Do you know Tumbala Like?" And they were like, "Yeah." And Bemi Bistushain, "Yeah, let's sing Bemi Bistushain." So um, I was wondering that they are so into Yiddish music. Actually, they they do know, and yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Um, let's see. Uh, so you have a CD or. Um, uh, more music besides uh, what is just on the MySpace that, that's there now? Um, so we are in the working process now. So um, we put three or four, five songs on the MySpace website, but um, we're working on it and um, we don't want to hurry. So mm. we are finished when it's finished. And um, yeah, hopefully um, at the end of the year we will have a CD. Um, but if not, then it's next year. So. <laughs> We're working on it. That's good. Well, you're busy uh, touring around and performing live, so that's at least bringing the music uh, to the people. So they'll be they'll be ready for the CD when it's here, right? Yeah, actually, for me, it's a new experience because um, in my releases before before Judice, it was like we recorded the album and then we're going on tour, and you right. can't you can't yeah. do nothing with the album, so it's done, and the songs are like they are. And now we can um, have so much um, experience out here, and actually, we want to go to Israel and have. Uh, let's see how the audience is um, up there for our music and keep all the in, in, uh, experience to put into the album and for me it's something new so I'm very excited to to do it that way this time yeah that's good to have the music and feel comfortable with it while you're performing live and then and then record it yeah, sure, because now we know that um, uh, on which songs the audience is like, wow, yeah, that's such a great song. And we were at the studio and we were like, yeah, it's a good song. But now, you know, if you perform, perform it live, then you know how strong the song is, actually. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps testing some new arrangements yeah. on new songs. Mm. Uh, we can do it so on same, then testing on the stage. Mm, it's not optimal. And then arranging new and testing again and then saying, oh, of course, so. That, that's a great way of approaching it and more of a better production value, I think, yeah, too, yeah. because then you know what, what works, what will be, uh, what will sell better, actually, right? That's Bottom yeah. line, no, what will sell, what no, will sell better. No, just a that's studio, right. Studio album, that is the album with experience. Yes. We're testing and then bring it on CD or vinyl or uh, digital. 
So uh, tell me how people can find out about uh, Judici and find the music and, and the website, whatever. Yeah, actually, they can visit us on our website, judici.com. And on Facebook, we have um, their fan page and the group page. So, um, yeah, just judici.com, actually, and then you can find the links to Facebook and J-E-W-D-Y-S-S-E-E. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and Alina, let's tell, tell us about uh, your association with the group and how you got uh, involved with them. Well, uh, Maya and I, we've been friends before we started the project, and she told me about the idea that she had. And um, I'm managing bands in Germany, and usually, no, well, before that I managed jazz bands, and then Maya and I sat down, and she told me about this idea, and I thought it's great because we're both Jewish. She um, grew up in a very traditional household. I grew up in a definitely non-traditional household um, in a small city in Germany where we don't have any Jews. And um, I thought it's a great way to kind of express the Judaism of today in Germany, being German and being Jewish. And um, yeah, we just sat down together, talked about it and said, let's start it, let's do it. And that's where we are now. Terrific. Well, uh, I'll leave it there for, for now, but thanks so much for... Uh Coming to California, you uh, had a good show at, at the Julicious Festival. It was fun. And uh, good luck in New York. Thank you. And then you're so going on, you said, uh, back to Germany after that? Yes, we're going back to Germany, playing a few gigs there, and we hope to be back in the States in fall or winter this year. So, Terrific. Okay, thanks very much, Juicy, uh, Maya, Valeri, and uh, Alina. Thanks for being on Klezmer Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Na, 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 na.
Hi, this is Frank London, and you're listening to KlezmerPodcast.com. Well, hello, my friend. I'm Mark Stanley, host of The Journey Podcast, where it's all about life change, career change, finding your dreams, and owning them. It's The Journey at MarkStanleyMedia.com. And I got to tell you, whenever I'm in the mood for the best in news, interviews, and music from the world of klezmer and Jewish jazz, it's always the Klezmer Podcast with Keith Waltzinger. Lay it down, Keith. Well, thank you, Mark Stanley. Mark is a longtime friend and fellow podcaster, and I encourage you to take a look at his show. The song we just heard is called Yankala by Judas It's actually a sneak preview from their upcoming album due to be released very soon. So next up on this special Julicious Festival episode of the podcast is my interview with singer Inbar Bakal. Inbar is a singer originally from Israel, now living in California. She has a very smooth singing style that I like very much, and you'll get to hear on the song right after the interview. So here we go with my conversation with Inbar Bacall. Hi, this is Keith with Klezmer Podcast. And uh, once again, as part of uh, my extended show from the Julicious Festival from Long Beach, California, I'm pleased to welcome Inbar Bacall to the Klezmer Podcast. Inbar, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it's a little bit after the uh, the festival, but we're still in the same building. So that, that, yes, it's uh, the music is still resonating. <laughs> oh yeah, you can hear it outside <laughs> with the kids. <laughs> so um, I didn't get a chance to watch you perform at the festival, but I listened to your music on MySpace, and it's a very interesting music. Why don't you uh, tell us about your approach to the music and and where it's coming from? Uh, sure. Wow, interesting is a interesting word. <laughs> Whenever somebody says that my music is interesting, I'm like, what do you mean by that? I mean, not run of the mill. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, yeah. I'm just teasing you. Um, oh, yes, the music is. Um, we call it uh, East meets West. It's very much. Um, Traditional um, Middle Eastern Yemenite Jewish sound, but we took that and we, you know, dressed it up with modern, you know, electronic production. So it will be, it will be more, you know, a different approach and more um, easy listening to the Western uh, ear. Um, and although it, it is in Hebrew or Yemenite, and I have only one one song in the album that is in English, so it is very traditional, but not traditional in that sense. Um, it took us a while to find that sound, and to I mean, it took me also time to decide which genre I want to go to because there's so many things that I'm influenced by, and I actually come from a classical background, so I didn't I didn't know what exactly where to go to and luckily I met Carmen Rizzo my producer and he's very he's a visionary <laughs> and um, when we met and we we talked and he heard some of my stuff and he looked at me and he said you should go to your roots and I was thinking about it and we started and then it was a long process of writing and rewriting and choosing and 
I am so happy because this is where, you know, this is me. So it's just looking more in depth. And my mom gets a total kick that I'm singing in Yemenite. So at least she's <laughs> happy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's a little bit about the music. So tell me a little bit about your background then, too. Um, I was born and raised in Israel. Um, my parents, though, came. My mom is from Yemen and my dad is from Iraq. Uh, so I got those two cultures also in my upbringing. Although Israel is a very Western country, we did live in a very traditional home. Um, part of my family was very Orthodox, although we were not at all. But we did get that traditional feel. And, um, you know, I I never, never, ever considered myself religious, but um, was very close to the, I have a Jewish identity, and, and I'm very proud of my heritage. So um, that's that's my background. I moved it here about five and a half years ago just to try the music um, after I had a long service in the Army. <laughs> and um, I sang 12 years in a classical choir, Liron Choir, um, we traveled a lot to Europe with that choir, and we were on Schindler's soundtrack. Um, so that's my musical background. Um, the Yemenite culture is very musical. So um, although my my mom is not musical at all, she thinks she can sing, but she, she can't. She's a heavy smoker. When she tries to sing, it's really awful. Uh, but the Yemenite culture is very, very, they know to be two things. One, they're very close. They're very religious. The second thing is they're very musical. So I had a lot of like influences of listening to Yemenite traditional singers. So that also really influenced me as well. Um, so yeah, I moved here and just to try the music, not knowing anybody, and um, you know, <laughs> it's a it's a long road, but. Uh, so you picked Los Angeles instead of New York. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, just because the weather is better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I can understand that. Very good. Um, now, the music or the lyrics, uh, where does that uh, come from? I was reading on MySpace, they're more of a biblical text. But what was your idea behind behind these lyrics? Uh, and, I, and I noticed that singing, like you said, singing in uh, Hebrew and Yemenite with a little bit of English, but uh, at least on the MySpace, the titles were all English titles rather than... Hebrew or transliterated titles. Yeah, yeah I, I actually insisted on that. I mean, I never thought of just writing it in Hebrew and English. No, it just makes it doesn't make sense to me. So I just thought the title should be what it is, uh, what the song is about, um, and um, yeah, it, it is biblical text. Um, I always, always, always wanted to sing. Um, Song of Songs, I, Shira Shirim. I always thought that's the most fascinating text in the Bible. And um, I remember when I was younger, I used to look at the like erotic and descriptions and, and just being like so amazed. And I remember asking my grandfather, who was very religious, why, you know, is it e even in the Bible, you know, they're talking about women's breasts and, you know, your kisses and your touch and all these erotic things and just like why is it in the bible you know and he said you know there's there's a few approaches most of the orthodox people say that it is allegory be between a man a love between a man and god 
But he said my my approach, he was a liberal, that it is a between a man and a woman because it is truly divine. And I always was so like fascinated by, by that text, so I knew I wanted to come back to it and just use some of it. And um, so we used that, and we used a few things from um, um, from Psalms, Shiramalot, uh, Song of Ascendance, that it's actually, we didn't compose it, it's a traditional uh, piece. And um, it's just such a beautiful melody, such a beautiful, deep melody. So, um, I mean, uh, lyrics, obviously, and the melody is beautiful. So we decided to give it a little nod, you know, and put it in a modern, more modern um, production. And um, the Yemenite stuff, it's just... It's very, um, the Yemenite songs are just about love, love and love and lost love. And because back in the day, um, people were, um, you couldn't get married. I mean, my grandmother, she couldn't marry whoever she wanted. It was arranged marriage. And a lot of the times they would choose an older guy for a young girl. And you had a lot of heartache there. And so the songs are always talking about like the love that your true love that is out there and you don't love your husband or the one that you're supposed to marry it's kind of depressing (laughs) but um but yeah that's also very fascinating to me so we chose some of the songs um and um also obviously the second thing that they talk about in yemenite music is uh longing longing to be in israel and to Jewish people to have a home. So I thought, you know, it's so deep and so um, interesting. So that's that's why that material, wh- where we picked from. So, Do you plan to write some other original songs in I'll the future, do- or will you do more, more no, uh, similar like will. this? Uh, no, I think I will. Um, we have some original pieces there. Um, I think I will. I... I don't know. I mean, I don't know what my next album will look like, but I'm more concentrated on like launching this and but but I think I don't want to be labeled as anything. I don't want to be labeled as the person who takes text and make it into you know, biblical takes text and makes it into music because I don't want to be labeled as the Jewish artist, although I am Jewish and I'm very proud to be Jewish. I don't want it to be just my niche. Um because I think the music is very um What's the word? Um, it's an international... Uh, universal? Um, kind yeah, of. kind of an universal feel. So although it's very Jewish if you look at it, um, but I think the electronic part gives it more of a modern thing. So I have people that are not Jewish that are very, very love the music. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very smooth sound. It's not, uh, you know, not overdone. No. Well, that's that's the... Wizard Carmen Rizzo, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, use a lot of Middle Eastern instruments. I noticed in the percussion. So you found those musicians here locally? Yes, yes, uh, we found them locally. Uh, it's musicians that work with Carmen uh, for a while. Um, Dimitri Smachlis, who's just a great musician. He is a oud player, saz, bouzouki player, um, and he's featured in the album. And he's also uh, performing with me. Um, he's from Greece. I don't know if I mentioned that, uh, but he got his training from Turkey and Egypt because the oud is a very Middle Eastern instrument. It has a very specific sound, and um, we used it all throughout the album. 
and I have Satnam Ramgotra, who is um, um, Indian, but um, and he plays tabla, and it gets that beautiful rhythm going on, and um, and yeah, and I have also Lauren Kulusi, who works with Carmen, and he does the programming for me uh, in the shows. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, it's all very very interesting and exciting, and. Um, how would people find out more about you or your website and uh, uh, the album when it's available? Well, the album will be available um, after Passover, uh, uh, April 14th, I believe. Um, and you can find my music at my website or at MySpace, which is in bar, I-N-B-A-R, like you're in the bar, Bacal, B-A-K-A-L.com, or uh, MySpace slash in bar Bacal. And you can see updates and shows that um, we're going to do. So, so we doing some uh, traveling, touring to um, promote the album, or we're planning to. I still don't have all the details, but hopefully we will have some some sort of tour um, going on. Yes, after the album is released. Great. And what's the name of the album? Song of Songs, Shira Shirim. Terrific. Okay. Um, anything else you want to add? Uh, I'm going to be an American tomorrow. Oh, Mazel Tov. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I'm going to take the oath tomorrow. Luckily, I don't have to um, uh, give up my uh, my Israeli citizenship. A lot of countries, it's interesting, but Israel, Israel you can keep it. Because a lot of countries, uh, you can't have dual, and the United mm-hmm. States wouldn't agree. So luckily, I can be Israeli and American. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what uh, I have to add because it's tomorrow. So, so you didn't get to vote in the last election, though? No, did not. But yeah. whose bumper sticker did you have? Oh, I did not have a bumper sticker. Don't don't even go there. <laughs> okay, very very good. Uh, well, in Barbacol, nice to meet you and enjoy your music. And good luck with the CD. Thanks for uh, joining us on the Closer Podcast. Thank you so much for having me.
This is Alberto Mizrahi, and you're listening to klezmerpodcast.com. Okay, we just heard from Inbar Bakal. The song was Song of Ascendant from her soon-to-be-released CD, Song of Songs. And now on this special Julicious Festival episode of the podcast, I talk with festival organizer and head of Beach Hillel, Rabbi Yona Buchstein. You know, festivals just don't happen by themselves, and it takes a lot of dedication and organizational skills to pull one off. So I wanted to talk to Rabbi Buchstein about his perspective on the Julicious Festival. So here we go now with my interview with Rabbi Yona Buchstein. Hi, this is Keith with the Klezmer Podcast, and as part of the special Julicious episode today, I'm speaking with Rabbi Yona Buchstein of the uh, Beach Hillel organization. Uh, Rabbi, welcome to Klezmer Podcast. Thank you, Keith. It's great to be here. Um, you had a very successful Julicious Festival this year, and it was Julicious 5.0, so the fifth, uh, fifth one of these you've had, and a lot of great uh, artists, performers here during the festival. Uh, why don't you tell me about um, how Julicious got started and your involvement with, with the program and, and what its uh, purpose is? Sure. We came to California, um, to Long Beach specifically, in 2004. Uh, we had spent previously many years working in Poland with the Jewish community. And one of the, one of the things we did in Poland, which we found very, um, really revolutionizing in the Jewish community there in Warsaw, was we created a something called Dni Zhidowski, uh, Dni Days of Jewish Books, but really a Jewish book festival. But within that book festival, not only, not only just selling books, but we had lectures, panel discussions with authors, concerts, films, and it became a real cultural focal point for people in Warsaw. And the point was, is we wanted an event which would have a very low threshold. You don't have to really commit much to attend. Right? You don't have to join a synagogue. You don't have to join the JCC. You don't have to sign up for class. I mean, we offered all these kind of things through our work running the Ronald Lauder Foundation, uh, but those all required some kind of commitment. A festival, uh, an open to the public festival, requires no commitment. If you have any Jewish roots and you're interested a little bit in developing them, uh, so you can just show up and, and tap into it. You, nobody asks your name. They don't take your cell phone number, right? You can come in, out pretty anonymously, etc. So the first year we started there with that program, the moment we got literally got settled in, in Poland, and we saw right away that this became something of a real phenomenon. Uh, in fact, now they're working on their 13th um, book festival, quite without our involvement now, and the government supports it, and the city of Warsaw supports it, and banks, and uh, and cultural institutions, and they, 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 thousands of books. And, you know. and when did that event start? We started it in, uh, we started in 1998. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they moved it. Now it's in the spring. It used to be in the fall. Uh, and they, uh, it's really exciting. So when we uh, uh, we saw the success there, and we knew that when we moved to America, we wanted to create some kind of festival. And 
when we saw the situation here in Southern California, we moved out here, we said, oh, it's ripe. It's ripe. There is no uh, focal point for young Jews to gather around. Um, they're not coming in great numbers to the synagogues, to the community centers, to the organizations. Later on, maybe once they've had kids or something, they're looking for preschool. It's a different story. But this kind of vacuum between 18 and and young families, which now stretches into the mid-30s, that's almost 20 years, 15 years of, of being lost. Uh, uh, now, it doesn't mean everybody's lost, but a, a great number of people are not involved Jewishly. So this festival was an antidote to that phenomenon as a focal point for Jewish uh, young people in Southern California originally to gather together, to be inspired, to educate themselves, uh, to have a great weekend, a fun time. Again, very low threshold, low commitment, low price, $36 for the whole weekend. And remember, we started this uh, on a, you know, really nobody believed that we could pull it off. We said we wanted to have 100 people. And they're like, you're going to get 100 students in Long Beach? No way, you know. And uh, the first year we had uh, like 125 people and we had uh, two bands and uh, we rented only a few rooms here at the JCC. Uh, you know, fast forward to this year, we had over 14 uh, acts, different you know musical acts, uh, 120 plus programs, uh, nearly 1,000 participants over the course of three days, um, students representing uh, 60 colleges and universities and people from 25 states and seven countries at last count. So uh, when we had set out to do something which would just have a big impact in the SoCal region, but we've seen now that it's really having a much broader impact. And what's exciting is it has spawned a lot of interest in this method of, of reaching uh, uh, young people uh, where they are, which is uh, in creating a festival. Now, how did we create Julius's Festival? You know, that tells you why we did it, but... How do we put the sticks, you know, the tinker toys together to build it? So I am an avid, well, was when I was younger, a Jewish camper and then went on to be a camp counselor. So there's a big element of Jewish camp involved in it. So there's, a, there's one point. There's something called Burning Man, which is uh, an, art culture, you know, an art kind of a, uh, expressionist uh, gathering, which now gathers tens of thousands of people in the deserts. Um, every summer. So we gathered, we used some elements of Burning Man. Uh, we took some elements of uh, some of the major music festivals uh, I've traveled to and worked with people who who go to them uh, and tried to tap into some of the things that make those music su festivals successful. Uh, we looked at Limud uh, and some of the things that they were doing uh, which were exciting and uh, and it's a very successful franchise. Limud is uh, is a weekend organized around Jewish learning, um, but they also have an entertainment component. And it's not necessarily for, for the generation that we're trying to reach, but as an organization, they've been very successful. So we looked at all these different kinds of things and kind of um, picked different things together and, and have created it. And it's evolving. Every year has been different. Every year has been uh, we've tried to do new things. Uh, we have certain things that are kind of a formula uh, for what people to expect, but we've always tried to uh, expand and broaden what we uh, offer. And every improvement has been brought to the festival by uh, our, our grassroots um, support. Uh, the students who are involved in planning, 
uh, or in giving feedback or people that we work with, you know, our volunteers. Uh, there's a huge number of volunteers that make the festival possible. We have the festival has no full time staff. Um, Long Beach Hillel loans the 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 facilities of their office um executive director uh, my wife rachel bookstein uh puts you know all of her heart and soul into making it happen our administrative staff uh put their efforts into making it happen but in truth the festival itself has no you know uh staff so through this grassroots nature we've gotten these great ideas and 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 may tried to bring them all to to fruition uh, we've tried to keep the price $36 for college students still. Um, uh, we thought that we might see a decrease in numbers this year because of the economic recession. Uh, but uh, I guess we played our cards right. Um, we stuck with our... Um, our, our we, we, stuck with the, we stuck to our gun. We said, we're going to do it. You know, even with the recession, we're, we're not going to be... Uh, we lost some major donors... We lost some major sponsors, uh, but we we were it made us be very resourceful, and which was which was the festival was so much better because of the economic downturn. I think people needed the weekend, whereas in the past it was right. it maybe just gratuitous. Now people really wanted a, a fun weekend where they could kind of just let things go, forget about the fact that there's. There are very few jobs out there for the graduating seniors, and then young professionals have been losing their jobs in record numbers, and everyone really needed it. And so it was, it was a, an amazing weekend, and I think we really succeeded in our major goal, which is to create an event which has a long, um, uh, has has a long vision. People anticipate it throughout the year, and then afterwards they talk about it. Uh, it provokes them to think about their Jewish identity and what they're going to do Jewishly. Uh, in the future, and my big hope is that we can pair it with a summer festival, which we're in, which is in development now. Oh, that sounds exciting! Now, did you have a good time with the festival? I, I was here briefly on on Saturday, and I met you about for about thirty seconds, and you were r- off running around, uh, personally organizing everything yourself, and dozens of people coming to you and asking you questions or what they should be doing. Um, <laughs> aside from your fantastic organizational skills, which are pretty obvious, uh, did, did you get a chance to take some of it in yourself? It's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, there's there are moments during the festival where I definitely try to, like, um, just sit back and take in what's going on. Um, it's not easy. I feel very, uh, a very strong sense of uh, responsibility, make sure everything's uh, running. We hold ourselves to a very... You know, a high standard. We want to make sure people. We want to do the best job we can, uh, and yet I want to enjoy things. And so we. T- I always take a few moments out. Friday night, uh, when we had over 500 people at one Shabbat dinner, um, the numbers are probably closer to 600 at that dinner. Um, I try to take in in just just take it all in, uh, and see. Um, and on Saturday night. Uh, as well, um, there are plenty of opportunities uh, for me to uh, experience the festival as well. But um, you know, I, uh, I don't do it for myself. <laughs> um, I, I'm, you know, we're not. It's not. It's not for us. It's 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 for uh, generate the next generation, generation, the millennial generation. Um, it's for them, and. Uh, 
if I have a good time, then that's just a, a nice fringe uh, benefit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really enjoy music. And I hope that in the future, as the festival grows uh, and we can hopefully get a little bit more funding, that I will be able to have enough people on board that I can enjoy the music uh, and and stuff more. Uh, what a so funny, you can do more of the organizing and have them do more of the running right. it uh, on right. the day, right? That's right. I'd like to have a little bit more opportunity to, and not just that, just to to engage with the people. Sure. So uh, when we were, this is a funny story. We were dividing up the different jobs for the festival. You know, who's going to run which program? You know, that program needs to be staffed. This program, we have 120 different events going on. So uh, I picked uh, one event <laughs> to lead, which was Gaga. The uh, Israeli um, uh, version of dodgeball, uh, because I thought to myself, I'll, I'll, it won't require any uh, real preparation. Um, all I have to do is show up with a ball, and uh, you know that I can handle that. So I, I ran the Gaga session, and um, I also wanted to participate in a program, and I was trying to figure out what I can, you know, be like a participant in all the lectures, everything, they all look great, and you know, I'm so impressed with what, 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 what went down. Uh, but really, the only time I thought was early in the morning when things haven't really gotten going on Saturday, I'll jump into a yoga class, and so that's what I did. So I did a, I was a participant in a yoga class. <laughs> well, that's great. Yoga's a, a great activity. It was wonderful. <laughs> um, but uh, well, mention a few of the other things that were going on because uh, I, I know I'm focusing on the on the music and the entertainment. Sure. But but I know there was a lot of other uh, things going on. Just briefly tell us what what types of things you had. We've created um, the, this past year. We created the most diverse offering we ever had. Uh, it, it involved one kind of a, of a session which would let's say be an expert in something talking about what they do um, let's say yoga, the yoga instructors um, uh, belly dancing uh, uh, filmmaking uh, then we would have we had a lot of panels uh, groups of people who are, have a similar interest reflecting on why they do what they do so we had a Jewish activist panel which we have every year but every year it's a little bit different uh, this was called Why We Give a Damn, um, Jewish Activists. And that was, I think, seven or eight people. We had a session on, is there really such thing as a new Jewish food movement <laughs> with a lot of people who can reflect very uh, um, uh, well on this issue or educated and involved in some way in, in these kind of issues. Uh, we had a whole entire uh, learning segment uh, uh, for the whole festival, there were classes running um, by really inspiring teachers uh, that we bring in. There was a film series, uh, the first time ever. We, in the past, we'd shown up one or two films here there. This time, we dedicated one room. We made a screening room, and we had a film series there. We had films running Friday afternoon, Saturday night, and Sunday. Uh, the film series included the winners of the Jewish Film Competition, which is a competition we've sponsored. Uh, Julicious, as a, as a uh, organization, has, has sponsored this festival, uh, excuse me, sponsored the film competition, and that was exciting, so they showed films from that. Um, we 
had a couple of visiting dignitaries. Uh, the Deputy Consul General of Israel came and spoke to a packed audience. We had a one-man, uh, one-act play. Um, we had uh, a whole offering of spiritual um, sessions uh, from Karlbach-style davening to Reform Camp-style prayers um, to the yoga and meditation sessions. Um, so we really try to include a real, real diverse offering. A uh, couple other things. We have a very strong green consciousness, which we've um, boiled down into this concept called uh, green kite. Um, <laughs> so all of your listeners who speak a little Yiddish will get a kick out of that, right? Uh, green kite uh, is just what it sounds. It's a Jewish take on being green. And we, we everything that we did, we tried to... Uh, first think about the environmental impact of what we're doing uh, and how can we make things better. So, for example, this year we work with four local farms to get local produce, uh, three of which are organic farms. And uh, we had never done that in the past. And that was a, we were really excited about that achievement. Uh, another, uh, we compost all of the plates. Um, we buy compostable cups, compostable uh, forks, you know, cutlery, and these kind of uh, items, so it really reduces the the trash uh, burden that we create um, with this huge emphasis on composting. And it all goes to a commercial composter uh, that can handle those kind of goods. Um, and and I'd say, let's say one more, you know, cool, interesting uh, element that we had this year was the bike ride. We called it Tour de Julicious. <laughs> Um, and it, again, it, this was an idea of one of the former Julicious participants who's gotten really into bike riding. And she said, hey, let's promote alternative transportation and bike riding and have a bike ride at the festival. And it was a no brainer. Like, of, of course. That's, so we, so this uh, place in Santa Monica, Boardwalk Skates, donated 12 bikes. People brought their own bikes. And Sunday morning, they set out on a three hour bike ride with, when they had uh, breakfast at the beach. Uh, and that was promoting alternative transportation, um, promoting uh, also exercise and, you know, getting out there. And they used it as an opportunity to talk about ways that um, we can lessen our impact on on our environment by learning about alternatives in transportation. So we had so, I mean, uh, so many different things. And again, I never would have come up with that idea on my own. I'm not an avid bike rider, but we're open. People come to us with stuff and it just it gets incorporated. And I'm hoping that next year we'll have other things that just become part of the festival. And I, I, I really, you know, we want to uh, just keep growing. It's got to get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful program. And, and uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to spend more time with it uh, perhaps next year. Uh, Speaking of which, do you have a, any other, uh, I know it's a little early to think about it, grand ideas for uh, things you'd, you'd like to try uh, for next year, or uh, is Julicious uh, planning to uh, spread to other cities? There has been interest in bringing Julicious and the festival to other places. We're now in discussions with a JCC on the East Coast that would like to host us. And I really hope that comes to fruition. It's very hard in today's economic climate because 
our our guidelines are that the, the, the this has to be affordable for young people who do not have a lot of disposable income. And it doesn't mean, you know, that uh, um, we're not open to charging people more money, but it has to be it has to be very reasonable. So that means we have to raise a lot of money and, and get a lot of support and a lot of sponsors to cover the rest of the costs. And this is, you know, as you saw, this is not a five star event. This is a festival. You know, there's uh, um, we people are are eating delicious food, but um, there aren't wait staff and there aren't paper, you know uh, cloth napkins, right? <laughs> uh, so it's not like we're trying to raise money for luxuries or extravagances. These are just for the basics, you know, potatoes, you know. Um, uh, the so that's exciting, and we hope that we can get Julicious in other areas. We really, really would love to bring this to other parts of the country because not everybody can afford or or, or able to to come out here. That's another reason why we're developing the summer program, because if we can get the Camp Julicious off the ground, uh, that's a time when a lot of people have a little bit more leeway in their schedules. They might be able to schedule four days to come out for a festival. Things that we're looking at, uh, you know, for next year in the future. Um, you know, people always say to us, uh, well, why don't you get so-and-so, this this big Jewish artist, this big Jewish artist? And I always say, I say, the people who come and play at the festival know that this is not going to be a lucrative engagement, right? Uh, it's not uh, a 4,000-seat uh, um, hall where we can sell you know, thousands of tickets. Uh, we, at the moment, our you know, <clears throat> capacity is limited to a number of tickets we can sell. Uh, in addition, we want to keep the price affordable so that we can everybody can have a chance to come. Uh, and... Uh, and we don't have major uh, uh, corporate sponsors that back this thing. So the people who come, the different groups, the, the performers, they come. We do pay them, of course, but they usually do it for a reduced fee. And they do it for the exposure because we have, thankfully, a lot of PR and publicity. They want to reach a new audience. Uh, it's a great place to end or start a tour if you're thinking of doing a tour of California. Uh, you know, So they'll time their appearance so that it you know works out beginning middle or end of their tours uh and uh, uh we we decided long ago we're not gonna we don't we're not gonna dedicate the resources to bring out one really expensive band uh at the expense of other things so we had we you know we set out at the beginning of the year here's how much i have for entertainment and my national music director adam weinberg um then I, there were over a hundred submissions of people that wanted to come. Uh, we narrow it down, and there's a student group that works with Adam to kind of vet these um, people to make sure that it's the kind of music that will fit what the you know what students want to hear, what young people want to hear, really. Uh, so it's got to go through those two things. And in the month leading up to the festival, we must have had just that month thirty inquiries about wanting to play. So we're going to go back to all the people who tried to get in last year. We're going to say, please submit, you know, uh, for this coming festival. Uh, we're going to take a good nine months looking at everybody. We're going to tell them up front that it's it's for the glory and for the cause, mm -hmm. that there's not going to be a lot. Personally, uh, for next year, I'd like to see expanded our Friday offering. This year we only had, uh, we had a great band, but we only had one band on Friday. I'd like to see if we can get multiple bands. And I'd also like to see if we can pull off 
um, doing, um, uh, if we could pull off getting an, uh, another uh, national uh, uh, act, uh, again, not that our acts are not, I mean, Maxiao is a, a big deal. Uh, we're, and we're indebted to his, uh, his support of the festival. Uh, but it's, a, it's not a, uh, um, a, an appearance you know, which we were able to promote because of, you know, his, his, uh, limitations. So we knew he would be here and he came and we didn't know if he'd perform or not. And he did. And it was very nice and generous of his time. And the people loved it and they ate it up. Um, but we're hoping that we can get some big names who can, we can use to promote and, and bring them in, uh, people who you might not otherwise think of as, a Jewish in, in that they're not known for their Jewish music per se uh, and that that's our goal and we'll work on it year round to see if we can achieve it Terrific and how can people uh, find you on the website? Do we have a sign up list an email of some sort? Sure sure if if you go to juliciousfestival.com uh, J-E-W-L-I-C-I-O-U-S festival.com uh, there you'll see all the latest uh, news and things. There's a sign up um, for our e- what they call it uh, uh, website update. And so if you go there and just put your at your email, you'll get any time we post any news on our website, you'll immediately get an email with that information. And uh, that's the best way to keep up uh, up to date what's going on. Uh, check the website, of course. Um, we have not announced the dates for next year's festival. We're right now uh, looking at some some dates, and we'll put all that up. Uh, by the end of April, we'll have the dates up uh, for next year. Great. Well, uh, Rabbi Buchstein, thanks so much for uh, being with us. I uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your always busy schedule to uh, talk with me. You put on a wonderful festival and i hope it uh, continues to grow and prosper thank you very much it is a pleasure uh, to be part of the klesmer podcast i'm really excited we can make this happen and uh, i wish your listeners a wonderful day and uh, happy passover hello this is roberto rodriguez listening to klesmerpodcast.com check it out Okay, that about wraps up Klezmer Podcast 48 with special coverage from the Delicious Festival 5.0 from Long Beach, California. Again, the website is www.klezmerpodcast.com and you can email me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to be interviewed on the podcast or have your music played, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released CD you would like to submit for a review, please email me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. The music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. Once again, I'd like to thank my guests on this episode of the podcast, the band's Akharit Hayamim, Judici, Inbar Bakal, and Rabbi Yona Buchstein. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed, tell your friends, and until next time, bye for now. <laughs>